Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Oh, man. What a legend. <laughs> every month, every series.
Shane often seriously take notes. <laughs> take notes. Seriously, take notes. Title of my message. I put a lot of thought into these titles. You have no idea. Title of my message is this: If you're ready, the word and the lifestyle. The word and the lifestyle. I know the big words like repent this week. Or give it up for Scott too. Pastor Scott last week with the love lines. Come on, support yeah. him. What a man. Come out of Matthew 10, 5 through 15. Y'all ready for the Bible? Yes, sir. I got two Christians in the house. Y'all ready for the Bible this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. And by the way, Zach, I'm not the main man, but it's Jesus and always will be. I know. Just messing up so much. Alright, if you don't know, it's picked up in the Sky Bible, but here it is. Ready? These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and go to them, proclaim as you go, say, The kingdom of heaven is at where? Amen. The kingdom of heaven is somebody, we talked about this last week, and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, you receive without paying, so give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts and no bag for your journey. 2020, everyone's planning to get the bag, and Jesus is saying, forget the bag, these are supplies and Come on, somebody, that's for free. And whatever town or village you enter, Find out who is worthy in it. Stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, pull the tailor swift and shake off the dust from your feet. And when you leave the house or town, truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore, but that's Jesus. All right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Sound good? Yeah. Father God, Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning, God. We thank you for those in attendance and those online, God. And God, it's such a privilege to get to gather in your house, God. We do not take this lightly. So, Father God, go before us this morning and have your way. Prepare and ready our hearts. We know your word says we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of us, God. Your presence is here. And where your presence is, is where sickness comes to get sick this morning, God. So we thank you that this room is cleansed, that this room is full and thick of the presence of God this morning. We're going to be bold with our faith this morning. And, Father God, we're going to ask you for more. So, Holy Spirit, move Matt out the way. Take center stage and have your way in this place. Yeah. Father God, we, we just pledge before you this, this church, this house will never be about a personality, but about a, but a, but about a person and his name is Jesus. Yeah. God, we just hand this mo moment over to you right now. Be with us in these next few moments and leave us changed from the inside out. That faithful church said. Amen. 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 Come on, somebody. Y'all ready? Yeah. yeah. Let's go. The word and the lifestyle. Now, up until this point, our messages have all been about where your roots are running. Are your roots running into things above, or have your roots been running into the things 
below because you've got to know by this point, week five. Is week five, right? Yes, week five. Just like that, you say just like that, number one. Week five, that's where your root runs, that's where your fruit comes. Where your root runs is where your fruit comes. And the reason we stuck on that, we meditated on that, we parked our car and our life in this place for this season is because I believe, I was fully convinced and fully persuaded that right now in 2020, we are in desperate need of a new irrigation system. We are in desperate need of needing to examine and excavate where our roots have been and make sure that we are drawing strength, power, not weakness, not depression, not despair, not anxiety from dried up improper wells that you and I were never called to go to, drink from, or live at in the first place. But instead, we would be a people marked by where our roots have run. Because where our roots run is where our fruit comes from. Amen? Yeah. And I want to make sure that here we are a church, that we are a place, that we are a people that I'm not running our roots into senseless, futile, straight up just lame things for the young people. But we would understand our place in the story, his story, history, his story, what God is writing in this world, that we would understand that we are not weak, powerless, People who are just here to be doormats for the world to ransack and have their way with for the enemy to sneak in in the night and steal from you. But we would know with conviction, with absolute certainty, when it all looks like hell, we've got heaven on the inside of us. That is the chief concern of this house. In this season, I know what the world looks like, and I know how it's all going, and I see what is happening out there. I'm not blind. But man, there is a lifestyle that comes along with this word. Amen? Amen. Yeah. There is a lifestyle that comes along with the word of God. And I'm not talking about morality this morning. I'm not talking about, I'm going to stop cussing so I represent Jesus well, okay? You should. <laughs> Practical. That's a good place to start. Absolutely. But I'm not talking about that when I say lifestyle and the word. I am talking about the fact that you and I, we are called to live a life that looks like Jesus, we've got to get this on the inside of us, that Jesus was fully man while being fully God, that he gave up his lordship so that he could come and live as a man, and he only did what he saw his father do, and he only heard, and he only said what he heard his father say in his manness, in complete obedience to his father God. And what that means is good news for you and I. It means there's a lifestyle that goes along with this word that is factual, that is actual, that is attainable, that is around and here for us yeah. to have access to. There is more than meets the eye, my friends. And we, we are committed. Maybe you didn't pick up on this yet. But this is the moment in the series 
where we move from roots and we focus on our branches. Where we focus on our branches. There is, there is something in this word and lifestyle that we need to understand. Some of us today, we need to leave here with the conviction that we need to begin to walk it like we read it. That we need to begin to walk it like we read it. That if Jesus says, I can do it, then I reckon I can do it. If Jesus says, you can heal, then I can heal. If Jesus says, you can deliver, then I can deliver. If Jesus says, you can prophesy, then you can prophesy. If Jesus says, you are called to be in politics so that there is a, there is a voice of God to the ear of the king of this country, then you can do it. If Jesus says it, I can do it. Walk it like I read it, amen? Yeah. Can, we just, can we just click pause real quick on service this morning? And can we just say, can we just put this out loud? Can you just repeat this after me? Is that all right with you? Can we do a little sing-along? Is that okay? Yeah. Can you just repeat this after me? No worries, Amy, I'm not going to sing. She keeps turning down my audition things for worship. Uh, like, whose name's on your check? She's like, the Lord. And I'm like, you're right. But can we just pause service real quick? Can we just declare this over ourselves? Can you at home just prophesy in your pajamas one time? Can you just say this? We know the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So can you just repeat after me? Yeah. If Jesus says, if Jesus says, I can do it, I can do it. Then I, then I can do it. Can do it. Let's do it again. That was so much fun the first time. If Jesus says, Jesus says, let's say it with a little more conviction. If Jesus says, if Jesus says, I can do it, I can do it. Then I, then I can do it. Praise Him. Thanks for coming. Walk it like you read it. Walk it like you read it. There's a lifestyle that comes along with following Jesus. There's so many Christians we get wrong, and like we talked about, we've lived tireless and powerless Christian lives up until this point, and it's because so many of us, instead of walking it like we're reading it, we got it mixed up, and we've been reading it like we've been walking it. We've been reading it like we've been walking it. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Man, I'm going to tell you. We've been reading it like we've been walking it. I've not been allowing the word to dictate my walk. I want to walk it like I read it. Instead, I've allowed my walk to dictate my interpretation of the word. I have begun to interpret things that Jesus did as a man, fully submitted to God, and I have gone, but he knew no sin before my sin, so I'm sinning. Well, I can never do that. I've had so many failures, and I've had so many three times divorced, and I've had all these things happen. I've had my own fractures, and I've had my own brokenness. There's no way that God could ever move in and through someone like me. I have so many failures. Why, he's got all the victory. I'm so weak while he is so strong. And instead of walking it like we've read it, we begin to read it like we've walked it. Yeah. And we live out the word of God. We live out our 
perception instead of our Savior's perception. We begin to live out our story in His story through our own self-interpretation instead of our Savior's perception of who heaven has called us to be. Friends, we've got to put a nail in this coffin. We've got to put a bullet in its mouth. We've got to dead this thing right here in the water, right here, right now. It's time for Takeover Church to walk it like we've read it and stop reading it like we've been walking it. Is this good news for anybody? So here in this moment of Scripture, we see Jesus. Does anybody else just love Jesus? Yeah. Good to know. But I just love Jesus. It's such an honor in this series to go into the moments with Jesus and his disciples because we live in a world that's combative and dumb and all they want to do is like, Jesus never said this, Jesus never did that, and then and then, that's Paul, not Jesus. And all I hear. And so you know what? If you want to know what you're worth, your weight and salt, we're going to Jesus. Yeah. We're going to the horse's mouth, so to speak. We're going to the Word who became flesh for the Word that came out of His mouth about who you and I are actually supposed to be. Right. What we are actually supposed to do. What a human being was originally designed for, and that Jesus came in to rescue so that we could come back to. Amen? Amen. This is who we are. It's better than a TV show. This is who we are. You see, in this moment, Jesus starts off with his boys the same exact way that he started off his ministry when he first called his disciples. Remember last week he said, repent for the for the kingdom of God is where? He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at is at is at is at hand. Drop your nets and follow me. There was an exchange that took place. Where was your world like for his world? Or was your provision, Scott, for his provision? Or was your brokenness grace for his healing? Or was his plan for your life or your plan for your life? Or was his heart for your heart? There was an exchange that took place where he said everything that you are can now be significantly and permanently and actually physically replaced with everything that I am. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So in this moment, we see Jesus repeats the same phrase to the same disciples when he sends them out on their first 
real mission. He says, go into the city. Go into the city. He gives them a destination. We want to talk about the word and the lifestyle. Jesus gives them a word and he gives them the lifestyle in this next moment. The word is go. The lifestyle is heal. The word is go. The lifestyle is deliver. The word is go. And the lifestyle Go in to the city shouting the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's incredible because much like you and I, Jesus gives them a destination. Notice how God never gives direction or inspiration without a destination. He always has a plan. I always get worried when I hear a Christian go, I don't know what's next. I know oh, God's leading me away. And I'm like, I've never seen that in Scripture. I just feel inspired to go. Where are you going? I have no idea. Whenever he gives direction and whenever he gives inspiration, God always gives a destination. Amen, right. And so for these boys... You could replace in this moment, because for you and me, Jesus has given us a word. It's called takeover, and he's given us a destination. It's called Grand Rapids. And he says to go in and heal and deliver and provide and prophesy and do these things. There's a word and there's a lifestyle. You see, God never, God never, ever, ever gives you a destination to go to without a mission for you to complete. He'll never give you a place to go and not expect you to take it over. He never gives you a place to go and never expects you not to bring Jesus with you where you go. He says go into all the world and minister to them. Minister to them. Does anybody hear what the word minister means other than an old white Irish guy with a collar? Someone's in need of healing, guess what? We're called to give them healing. 
If someone is in need of heaven to move on their behalf in a world-crazy situation, then we are going to get with them, we're going to pray with them, and we are going to petition heaven to move in a world-crazy way on their behalf. If someone's in need of deliverance, then we're going to bring them deliverance. If someone is in need of provision, if someone is in need of faith, if someone is in need of peace, then we are called to minister to them. Like in a hospital, when someone would administer a medicine or a procedure, they would give you something. We are called to minister to the world around us and by preaching to anybody this morning. This is the call of the church. This is what the church is made to do. This is what a Christian's lifestyle looks like when it is modeled after the word. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. This this is us. This is what it looks like to walk it like we've read it. But so often, so many of us, we are so handcuffed. We are so handcuffed that we don't do this. I believe that we are just handcuffed by fear, by anxiety, by worry, by these silly things. What will this person think of me? Jesus never in this message to his disciples, which is recorded for you and me, not the early church, but the now church, for you and me to understand this. It's never been about you. It's never been about Matt McClure. It is always and will forever be about Jesus. Yeah. If God puts it on your heart, if you feel a tug of heaven on the inside of you, to give somebody randomly $20, they're not even homeless, they're at the gas station, they're at the car wash, and for some reason, the thought pops in your head or in your heart or wherever you like it, hey, that dude over there, Heaven knows for whatever reason he needs 20 bucks and you've got it in your pocket. Go give it to him. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? So often in this life of following Jesus, we will shake off the prompting of heaven and say it was the devil from hell. I once knew a guy, his name was Ron. And because of what he did and what he said, I don't care to not change his name for the sake of the story. His name was Ron. And he literally told me, oh, I felt like I was called to give a guy a hundred bucks the other day. I said, oh, good for you, Ron. That's awesome. You used to write scripts and you own a big house in Holland. Good for you, dude. That's awesome. You got that to change. You know, you got to change. You can do that. And he goes, oh, no, that was totally the devil. I shook that off. And I was like... The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not trying to give your money to somebody else. Right. You psycho. <laughs> <laughs> what church do you go to? Mine. Oh. God. 
But why do we do that? Why do we do that? I look at this piece of scripture right here. And the wild thing is this. Can I just say this too? The wild thing in here, when Jesus says to his boys, go into Grand Rapids, proclaiming as you go, the kingdom of God is at hand. Do you know what he doesn't follow it up with in this moment? Telling them to repent. Grand Rapids gets up to next, and to go on there with a sign that says, repent or perish. 
that you would bring heaven with you across every threshold that you open, every threshold that you walk over, every doorway you open, everywhere you go, heaven comes with you. There's an old school Jesus culture song that says, where you go, I go. God has been saying to this generation, no. Where you go, I should go. Where you go, I should go. Where you go, I should go. So why is it so often that we find ourselves less like Peter, John, and James and all these boys and more like Ron shaking off the tug of heaven on the inside of us? God, God wouldn't ask me to inconvenience myself in my area. It's a holiday. I'm Black Friday. You don't want me praying for people. No, no, no. Hold on. That lady just got ran over by six other mothers in a Karen in a cart. And like, her legs are Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inconvenience yourself, bro. Okay? That woman, she needs to be in heaven right now. Cover in red. She's turned purple. You know? So why don't we do it? I think Jesus, he actually answers it right here in this verse. Why we don't do it? I think Jesus has the answer. He has the catalyst. He has the remedy. He has the reason why we don't and the answer and how to overcome it right here in this moment. He says, go into this city and minister to whoever is worthy. Minister to whoever is worthy. Find out who is worthy and minister to them. What does that mean exactly? And we minister to those who are worthy. Well, how do we decide who is worthy? We don't decide who is worthy. Jesus didn't say go into the city and decide who is worthy of healing. Decide who is worthy of provision. Decide who is worthy of peace. That's not what his word said. He said find out who is worthy. So how do you find out who is worthy? Who is worthy is not decided by you and me, friends. Who is worthy to receive from heaven through us is whoever heaven puts on our heart. Heaven decides who is worthy for deliverance that day, not Matt McClure. Heaven decides who needs healing that day, not Matt McClure. Heaven decides whose marriage needs a word of knowledge so that they can get past the adultery and cheating that has taken place, not Matt McClure. Heaven decides who is worthy. We do not decide who is worthy. We live in such fear and anxiety. And I think Jesus in this question is going, don't make too much of yourself, young man. Sit down and be humble. I will decide who is worthy. And when I decide who is worthy, you only need to be obedient. You only need to be obedient. But so many of us, we live in fear, we live in worry, we live in trembling, and we're going, God, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. I want healing on Sundays. I want prayer and worship. I want all these things. I want God to rule and reign. 1030 to 1230. Sunday, specifically. And if a 
around me. And I'm going to stub my toe in the middle of the night. Like, that's what I want you to rule around. But when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm at work, when my coworker Devin needs a word from heaven, Devin heaven getting it. Let me hear all when Devin needs a word from heaven, God, miss me with it. Because it's scary, it's wild, it's crazy, and you have no idea what's going to happen, how they're going to take it, how they're going to react, and what comes next after you said, hey, I believe God has a word for you today, can I pray over you? And then the rest is up to them. And that's scary, that's anxiety-inducing, when we start getting our head going, what if I lose my job? I, I work in the corporate world. What if I'm praying? What if this? And I'm going, dude, your position in heaven is far more important than your position at your job. God's never going to call you to do something where you lose your job and not supply it with better, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Glory always follows follow obedience, friends. We can dead that anxiety here and now. I've seen my wife, Adrienne, who's an amazing graphic designer for Meyer Corporate, pray over people all the time at Meyer. And guess what? We keep getting that Meyer money. Thanks for Okay? It's going really well. Okay? Working for heaven. It's good. But what Jesus says next is probably far more important. Far more important. Because I honestly don't believe heaven's going, who are you? Who are you to prevent me from getting healing to them? Who are you? I saved you. Now, who are you to keep deliverance from them? And Jesus has the remedy to that anxiety as well, that worry as well, because what he says next is quite convicting, and I'm going to tell you why. And Jesus said, I don't want to pray over them. What if they take a swing at me? What if they take a swing at me? What if they take a swing at me? What if they spit on me? What if they spit on me? What if they break down crying in the middle of the workplace? I don't know what to do. What if they break down crying in the workplace? You don't know what to do. These are all the things, the scenarios that we will run through our head. But Jesus says, if any person, place, experience, good, bad, ugly, or otherwise, does not accept you, shake the dust off your boots yep. and go. Shake off your boots, the dust off your boots, and go. That is the answer, that is the remedy, that is the know-how, and some of us are missing it this morning. The reason we're missing it this morning is because up until this point, we have not lived a life of Christianity where we are willing to get down in the mud, muck, and the mire, the dirty areas of people's life, in the dirty, dirty aisles at mire, get down in the wild places with God in the bunker, and since we haven't gotten the bunker, since we haven't been found in the muck in the mire, since we haven't crawled over the wire for somebody else to get to safety with Jesus, because that has not been our life, we have no dust to be found on our boots to shake off. You only get to shake off the dust from your boots when you've been some places, when you've prayed some prayers, when you've given some healing, when you've prophesied some prophecy, when you've delivered some demons when you have gotten people free in their lives. Because you've been in the muck, you've been in the mire, you've gotten down in the dirty, nitty-gritty of somebody else's life and contended for Jesus for them. Yeah. You've risked life, reputation, and limb in order to see heaven 
rule and reign in somebody else's life other than yours. And so if someone rejects you, Jesus says, go. Shake that dust off your boot and you go. You go proudly. You leave that town. You leave that bad experience. You leave that person and you shake the dust from your boots and you go because the mission continues forward. If they take a swing at you, it's not you that are taking a swing at it, it's me. If they break down in tears and come to repentance, that's also not on you. They're breaking down and coming to tears and repentance because Jesus met them where they were at. That's good. If they sit there and cuss you out on one road, city center, because you got mad at you decided to stop and pray for them real quick, and they start cussing you out and spitting at you and frothing in the mouth, and things get wild and out of control, and then you try to deliver a demon out of them, <laughs> and it goes really bad. It didn't go really bad because of you. It went really bad because of whatever is in them that's adamantly against me. Shake the boots, the dust from your boots, and go. Can I tell you something that will set all of us free this morning? This set me free. Can I tell you what set me free so I can tell you what it's going to set you free? This is going to free us up for some good works. Amen? Come on, somebody. Right here, right now. You and I need to leave here today, whatever the day is. I think it's like November 29th. I have no idea. We need to leave here today on November 29th, 2020. This is how we're going to finish 2020 strong. No matter what happens on January 20th in the election stuff, no matter what happens in the midst of a pandemic, no matter what happens with our governor of Michigan in lockdown, no matter what happens, this will free us up to make sure we are faithful to heaven. Are you ready? We are responsible to heaven. We are not responsible to humans. We are responsible to heaven. We are not responsible to human. We are Christians. We belong to a kingdom upside down. We are a peculiar people. We are holy, which means to be consecrated, which means to be set apart. We are responsible to heaven. We are not responsible to human. And because we are not responsible to human, but because we are responsible to heaven, we are respecters first and foremost of heaven. We are not respecters first and foremost of human. Matt, you get real close to the line here. Yeah. I like it. I hope we share this message on all social media platforms because the church needs to wake up to this reality. We all, I need to wake up to this reality. I'm responsible to heaven before I'm responsible to take over church. I'm responsible to heaven before I am responsible to my wife. Whoa, man. Hey, the Lord said nothing. <laughs> and she goes, Matt, men have been saying that for 2,000 years. I'm responsible to heaven before I am responsible to a governing body and so
so are you. This is not an anarchist message. This is not a Tao of the man message. This is a Bible message that we belong to a kingdom before we belong to a state that is united with 49 other ones. Okay? We, we are responsible to heaven and we are not responsible to humans. Heaven decides how we interact with this world. Humans don't decide how we interact with this world. Sorry. That's the Bible. That's the word of God. But so many of us, we've been living oppositely. We've been living responsible to humans and, and irresponsible with heaven. We've been living responsible with humans and irresponsible with heaven. Okay? Can I tell you something that is the most oxymoronic thing I have ever heard? Can I tell you what that is? The term powerless Christian. That is oxymoronic. That's an oxymoron. It's dumb. It's illiterate. It's not proper. It makes no sense. It's a fugazi. It's a woozy. It's a what? It's very dumb. It's not real. <laughs> Pray for your pastor. I saw a bad movie. Okay. I fucked out of it twice and then I finished watching it at my office and I turned Anyway, it's fine. I'm here to repent. It's like receive. Oxymoron. Powerless Christian. Powerless and Christian are antonyms of one another, but powerful and Christian are synonymous of one another. Friends, can I declare something to you today? That there is a reason we are not called like Jesuses or little Jesuses, but in fact we're called Christians, which means little Christ. Can I propose to you a thought this morning why that is? Little Christian means little Christ. Christ means anointed Messiah. Jesus was his human name. Christ was his heaven-given birth and identity. That is who he is. Yeah. That is what he is. He is the anointed Messiah. And as Christian, we are little, not in less than, but next to little anointed Messiah. Yeah. Matt, you messed with my theology this morning. I'm about to do a little more. Okay? Because this is the Bible, and I'm not messing with it. It's messing with me. And I'm not messing with it. It's messing with you. Okay? Y'all good with the Bible messing with us a little bit yeah. 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 The wildest thing to me about 2020 is that Christians actually believe the right thing to do in this season is not come to church if they feel sick. Whoa, Matt, you getting close to the line, bro. You getting close to the line. You were messing with my thoughts. I don't like it. Okay, I know people that got COVID. I know this. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I understand this. So do we. Okay, but that does not negate that when two or more are gathered, there his presence is. And the presence of Jesus is Jesus. And where Jesus is, is the power of Jesus. And that is where the Christians are commissioned to go and lay hands and to believe and to pray and to put hands on you. You want to wear a mask to not spread anything? That's great. You want to wear a mask not to get anything? That's great. You want a social distance to not spread or get anything? That's great. But the one place if you are sick that you should not be, that you should be found, is church. Whoa, man, I don't want somebody bringing that up in here. That's cool. We're going to take care of it. 
I'm bold enough to believe that this morning. Okay? Can we repeat that again? Now it's time for you to actually believe what we prophesied. If Jesus says, if Jesus says, I can do it, I can do it. Then I, then I can do it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And he says, go, heal, deliver, prophesy, minister, go. Right now is where the rubber meets the road, as they say, for Christians. Because this is the word, and what I just said is the lifestyle. The safest place for someone who is sick to be is actually the church, and the deadliest place for sickness to be is the church. Yeah. Come on. Jesus didn't go to the cross for anything less than that. I, we, the church, is responsible to heaven before we are responsible to human. And it's because we've been responsible to heaven that God will be faithful with us. Yeah. It's because we've been responsible to heaven that heaven will be faithful to us. There's one more piece of scripture I want to share with you, and it's one that I wish, I wish we had an old school tent revival today because I came with a fire in my bones. It's solely based off this scripture because it messed me up. When I just said the thing about oxymoronic, that thought I shared with Zach earlier this week, it has disturbed me, and it has also stirred me. It's disturbed me because I'm like, those aren't the kind of Christians we're going to raise up here. We want to raise up city shakers and city takers. Amen? Talking COVID killers and giant slayers. I don't give a rip because this is who Jesus is. And there is no better example than this. Right now, we're going to take a look at a piece of scripture talking about Peter. Peter is my favorite person in the Bible. I know it should be Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God. Like I get that. Okay, I'm just saying the person I more often than not identify with for bad reasons, not good ones, is Peter. But Peter actually gives me hope. You see, Peter, Peter is buck wild. Okay, anybody know what buck wild means? Crazy. Yeah, I don't know what Buck Wild means. I heard it in a song. Anyways, somebody doesn't explain it. It's a great term, though. It does. It means crazy. Okay? Peter is Buck Wild for heaven. So much so that this dude is G-A-M-E game to roll when God says it's time to rock. He's, in fact, so much G-A-M-E game to roll when Jesus says don't rock. Don't do that. Okay? Peter's the same guy that was so gung-ho for Jesus that Jesus was about to be arrested and be taken and going to be crucified. And Peter takes a swing at a dude, not very good with a sword. He was a fisherman. And he cut the guy's ear off. How many of you know cutting off somebody's ears, no matter if they're trying to arrest your Lord and Savior, that's a sin, okay? Like, that's not cool. All right? Jesus had to be crucified. He know that. He told you that, like, moments before. And you still took a swing at the poor guy. And Jesus had to put the ear back on. Okay? That's Peter. Peter gives me hope. Because Matt loves to shoot from the hip, don't he? Like, what? No. Oh, this had to happen? Yeah, you said that already? Oh, yeah, you gave me a word once and I just disobeyed a bunch of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jesus fixed my mess? That's me. That's Peter. That's 
disciple. He's the same disciple that would cut off a guy's ear. He's the same disciple that asked God for a word. God gave him a word. Jesus gave him a word. And he said, come out the boat. And he began to walk on water. The second he navigated and negated from that word, he began to look to his left and his right. He sank. He didn't trust God in that moment. He trusted a storm instead of the Savior in front of him. And he sank. He's also the same guy that even though he is G-A-M-E, gang for heaven, he's the same dude who to Jesus' face would deny him Three times. That's Peter. But Peter is also a disciple. Now another vocabulary lesson for us this morning. Does anybody know what the word disciple means? Disciple literally means one who is disciplined. So if you are a disciple of Jesus, you are one who is disciplined in the ways of Jesus. If you are a disciple of heaven, you are someone who is disciplined in the ways of heaven. Some of us today, we have got to take a look at an inventory. Some of us, we need to leave here. And you don't need to go to Hancock and Freeze in the, in the wintertime eating outside of cold burgers or stale fries, okay? That's not what you need to do today. What you need to do today, some of us, is that we need to go home. We need to grab our Bible. We need to get a towel on the bathroom floor. We need to light some candles. We need to turn off the lights. We need to get down on our hands and knees. And we need to begin to ask God this simple question. Am I a disciple of heaven or am I a disciple of human? Am I someone who is disciplined in the ways of heaven? Or am I someone who is disciplined in the ways of of human? Do I live more accordingly to my new nature or my human nature? Am I someone who represents a citizen of heaven or am I someone who represents a citizen of earth? Am I known more for my faith or am I known more for my fear? Am I a disciple of heaven or am I a disciple of human? Because here in this moment we see Peter, who has been both. And this is what gives me hope because as much as he has had faulty human nature, this is what it looks like to be a disciple of heaven. And a disciple of heaven is someone who does not allow their past to determine their future. It's someone who does not allow their mistakes to be their story. It is someone who will continually shoot for heaven even though time in and time out previous to this, they have fallen from human. This is what it looks like. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. This is going to mess with you today. Because it's messed with me all week. Acts 5, 12 through 16. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Salomon Portico, which is just basically where they met for church. Okay, just so you understand. It's like an outside patio area uh, that they would gather. Okay, so before COVID, you know, people were gathering buildings and gathering outside and cool things were happening, all right? Got it and they were all together at Solomon, Solomon's portico, and none of them rest, uh, none of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem, and more than
than ever. The people held them in high esteem. Didn't say that other Christians held them in high esteem. Actually, that's other Christians were, did not dare to join them, okay? Get this today. The people, regular individuals living their lives far from God for their own purpose, for their own ideas, their own wants, needs, and desires. But the people held them in such high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord's multitude of men and women. So that ever, ever, even so they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on top and on mats. That as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. They were all healed. Now many signs and wonders... What does that say? Many signs and wonders were regularly done, I can't pronounce the word, regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. This is what a disciple of heaven's life looks like. Peter is the same guy. Face-to-face -face relationship with Jesus. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was God, the Word, and the Spirit that hovered over the earth. The Word became flesh. He who knew no sin bore our sin, put on skin, so that he could die, so that we could live. That is who our Jesus is. Amen? Face to face with this guy. Face to face. Denies him three times. Now, nah, Peter, surely before the roaster crows, bro, you are going to deny me three times. Before morning flight, bro, you are going to deny me three times. This is Peter. Walked on water, gave up his nets to follow Jesus, fell in that water, cut a guy's ear off, and denied Jesus to his face three times. If you're in here today and you have thoughts of disqualification in your head, I want you to cancel them right now in the name of Jesus. Simply because our Bible says in the book of Romans that the gifts and call of God are irrevocable on your life, just like they were on Peter's. This is what it looks like. When you don't allow how many sex partners you've had before to disqualify you from being a disciple of heaven. This is what it looks like when you do not allow one, two, three, four, five failed marriages before to determine whether you are a disciple of heaven or not and I'm preaching to anybody. I feel like there's somebody in this room, and I want to be very careful and cautious when I say this next sentence. But maybe there's somebody in this room, and, I, and I'm going to exercise discretion here. There's someone in this room that you feel like because you've had an abortion that God cannot use you in such mighty ways. And I want to again reiterate to you the gifts and the call, the branches. As long as your roots are going to heaven, sweetheart, they are irrevocable. You couldn't forfeit this if you wanted to. As long as you are with Jesus, he will always be trying to get heaven through you. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of heaven. He says, now gifts. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people worship team to make it. It says that people it says the people 
of the city. They knew. They knew. With Peter and his team and his church were making their way through city center. That it was better. It was better than Krispy Kreme having their light on when the church doors were open. It's better than Krispy Kreme. Heaven was available. Healing was available. Provision is available. Deliverance is available. It literally says Peter and his team and his church, they are making their way through the city and these people held them in such high esteem because they knew that heaven was available. Take over church. This is where we are going. This is what it looks like when Jesus takes over some lives and begins to take over some cities. We will be a church. We will be a people. We will be a drummer, a bassist, a singer, a keyboardist, a guitar player, whatever you are. We will be a people that when our city sees us downtown, Monroe City Center, drinking a madcap got a booth thing on our heart, they will know that is someone who has heaven available with them. That person, man, that, that person is a disciple of heaven. I don't have to know what it is. I don't have to know how it happens. All I know is that I talk to them. They ask if they can pray. And my whole life changed. My whole situation changed. In this moment, Peter and his people are walking through the city. And regular, average, broken, lame, sick people knew that something was different about them. Knew that as they walked to their church, as those church doors opened, that heaven was readily available. The branches were ripe with fruit for the taking. They didn't hold themselves in high esteem because they could heal, or because they knew words of knowledge, or because they had discernment, or any other spiritual gift. Peter and these people, they knew. Whatever spiritual gift you have doesn't make you a savior so that you could be a servant. And as they walked through their city, people knew that heaven was available. Can we zoom in on that for just one second? Maybe heaven's a very big concept for you to grasp this entire service. And that's okay. It says that those people, far from God, weren't even Christians, just knew that God showed up when these people were walking down the street. Miracles didn't just happen during their church service hours. Miracles happened wherever a disciple of heaven found themselves at. And this city, 
They knew that about these people. They knew that about these church. And that is who you and I, we will be in the city of Grand Rapids. Because what happens next is these people knew not only is heaven available, but walking, walking is available. And that just messes me up. That just messes me up. Man, if you want to walk, I don't know what you believe, it doesn't really matter. There are some disciples of heaven at the corner of Madison and Oakdale, and if you will roll with me down to this church, we'll get you walking again. Walking. Maybe they had no concept of greater eternity, but they knew that we could get some mats and we could get some pads, and we could throw our friends that can't walk, that are disabled, that are handicapped. We could lay them in front of these guys as they go. Walking became available from a shadow. Walking, we take this for granted, don't we? Right here. That's why we skip leg day. We take it for granted. But there is a future that exists, church. day forward. 
Jesus at the helm 